everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to a new episode of Not Too Taboo. I'm with the boss, my yeah. OG, my hot little blondie, Gretchen <laughs> Christine Rossi. I love how you introduce me different every time. Like I have a new <sighs> title every week. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows you run the ship. I'm, I, I, I do nothing but drive the car. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> and I carry the bags. Don't yeah, forget oh, that. That's right. I, I hog the bags. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, oh, today's going to be fun. Yeah. This is really going to be fun. Uh-huh. This is my, this is my, my girlfriend from a long time ago. You know what I love? I love the fact that like, we know so many of these people and I feel like we've been best friends with them our whole lives. Right. And nobody knows that we like know these people and that like, we became friends with them forever ago. Forever ago. Before like the whole world knew who they were. That's right. I think everybody knows our guest. Yeah. She is uh, herself an OG cast member of Vanderpump Rules. Also a fashion designer. Uh huh. She's a businesswoman. Sure is. She's now... A published author. I know. This is so cool for her. Welcome our girlfriend, Kristen Doty. Woo-hoo! Oh my God, I miss you guys so much. How are you holding up during quarantine? And oh, you're so sweet. Are you, are you breathing okay and <laughs> getting through it? No, we're, we're, we're tired. Uh, this particular episode of Not Too Taboo is brought to you by sleepdeprivation.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah. t- producer Shannon, don't worry. I looked up that URL. It doesn't actually work. So just want to let you know that. Uh, um, no, we are, we're, we're trying to, you know what? Listen, we are so blessed because we have the most amazing daughter that keeps us laughing all the time. But at the same time, she literally keeps us up all night. Like last night at 4 a.m., she decided she wanted to have a dance party at 4 a.m. till 6.30 a.m. Yeah, you can't, you can't be mad at her. Oh she, she's so cute. I dated people like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's, that's, I got to tell you. Kristen, when you go to have a baby, just know it's like literally the best thing in the world, but it's also the hardest thing in the world. And it just, it's, it like takes over your whole life. Like every single thing that used to be just easy now is much more difficult to accomplish and get done. (laughs) Everything. And I think, you know what I'm saying, honey? I mean, everything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Even the sex. It's really hard to have sex. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, you want to have sexy fun time? She goes, nah, I'm over it. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Okay. So let's tell people how we even know Kristen. I think a lot of people like don't know any of this backstory. So actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask you, Kristen, do you remember the first time that we met? I, I think it was it um, U, USC. Yes. It was USC. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Ding, yeah. ding. <laughs> it was a USC film school. Yeah. And yeah, they had us like on that panel, to, right? They yeah. wanted to hear about the production side of doing reality television, which you guys were like beyond seasoned and understanding all of that. And it was like so <laughs> Beyond stupid is what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter and I, I think is who it was. And we- Yeah, yeah. that's right. It was Peter, oh, Peter and, and Sheena. Peter and Sheena. Yeah. And you, and then I, were you guys in your first season or second yeah. season? Do you remember first season? First season? It was, yeah. 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 Season one. Season yeah. one. So this was like right before like the world knew who you were and the show was like this huge phenomenon and all this stuff. And we like hit it off with all of the cast, like right away. Like we really just loved all the That's people. That's because they're and, so fun. Way yeah. more fun than our people. Yeah. And you but guys are young really, and cool. <laughs> no, we're old and tired and not cool. <laughs> Wait a second here. Same. Okay. So here's, here's, here's some news. I bet, I bet you didn't know this, Kristen. Hmm. Lisa Vanderpump and Ken mm-hmm. stopped Gretchen and I. We used to go to the restaurant at Villa Blanca all the time. Mm-hmm. They came up to us and said, oh, you know, we had this opportunity to do this show. It's with your production company. Like, should we do it? We'd like to sit down and talk with you about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like we literally had conversations with Lisa and Ken about whether they should do or should not do housewives. Uh, I think we talked with Lisa, you know what she did first? I think she launched Jiggy's Instagram and was trying to get <laughs> okay. us to like promote Jiggy. Yeah. Right. You remember that? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, this was, oh gosh, forever ago, yeah, 10 years then, ago. Cause I then we like. went back and we were having lunch with, with Nene Leakes and Greg uh-huh. at the restaurant. Uh-huh. Wow. And there was a little, little something, something with, uh, with Ken and Lisa and, uh-huh. and Nene uh-huh. at that, at that lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we're we so old. <laughs> We've been around a long time. Yeah. It was hey, way hey. back. I, I was in yeah. my 20s when I started Vanderpump Rolls and now I'm much closer to 40 than I am anything else. So <laughs> wait. Okay. So really? Okay. So how old were you when you started the show? What age were you? Uh, it was 10 years ago when we shot the, or we shot the pilot in, I'm sorry, in 2011. So I was 26 or 20. How old am I? I'm 37. So I was 28. I'm sorry. I was 28 when we first started. Wow. Is that and not so wild? Wow. Would you have ever imagined that the show would be going on that long? Oh God, no. I mean, I remember going into first season when Tom Sandoval and I were like budding actors and we were so scared to do a reality show because we thought this would just ruin the potential career of, of becoming, you know, being a well-known yeah. actor. And then we kind of last minute said, you know what, if the show bombs, no one's ever going to know about it anyway. And maybe it'll do well, but like, we're probably not going to go past one season and no one knows who we are right now as actors anyway. So who cares? Could you yeah. imagine if like we said no? <laughs> I know, I know well, because, because like, that's such a good question for you. So like, are you so like, because of the fact that you see what happens with a lot of actors and actresses, like they get like one little show or one little thing. And then they're like out of work forever. And, and now they're all wanting to be housewives. Yeah, by and, now, the way. and now a lot of them are wanting to be on these reality shows. So right. what a, what a blessing in disguise that this came to you. And now, you know, as, as we all know it did too, I'm, I'm grateful that it happened when it did where, when before, yeah. like at that time, I remember the only real shows that were like these unscripted like docu-series and I'm not talking about competition shows where really it was like Jersey Shore and then the Hills which we all know was not real anyway and then right. it was yeah Orange County Housewives being the first one and then all of a sudden Bravo sort of took off on that so it was really right. new to us and then you kind of had the Kardashians but they were a family so it didn't really count for us and I remember yeah. when Tom and I decided to do the show and we didn't have cable at the time because we couldn't afford it and so we immediately got cable and had to get premium cable to have Bravo. But then we yeah. just watched, we binge watched the Hills and Jersey Shore because we're like, what do we do? <laughs> we need to know how, how to quote unquote, how to do a reality show, which is not. Yeah. I, now, first, I have to give you some props too, because I think season one of Vanderpump, I think you really experienced how devastating it can be when the cast kind of turns on you. Because mm-hmm. I know you, at one point you were considering not even coming back to the show. Yeah. I forgot that you were dating Tom. Yeah. I, I, for, I forgot that. I know. I totally like forgot goes that way back. I know. Right. That's how far back it goes. Yeah. I totally yeah. forgot that. So, I mean, but you have, you have worked so hard to really, I think kind of stay amongst this group of people, keep your position on the show. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, could you have ever imagined that this would evolve into fashion line? You're an author, like all these incredible things are happening and it, it's a testament to your hard work. Yeah. Thank yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys taught a, a lot of us that though, even back in that day, 10 years ago at the USC film school, like using this as a platform to mm-hmm. like, no one's doing reality television for their health. Okay. <laughs> it's quite right, opposite. Right. Um, in the beginning, I yeah. didn't know that that's what I was doing in the beginning. It was just, well, here are my 
best friends and my boyfriend and their best friends. And we all work here anyway. We might as well let this camera follow us around. And then over the course of a couple of years into it, you realize what a platform you're gifted to do really awesome things with charity work to like really connect with fans on such a personal level that you don't even realize what you're going through. A million people are going through it too, or more than a million people are going through it too. And then also, yeah, to, to build businesses from it. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be where I'm at without, without Vanderpump rules. I'd probably not. I mean, hopefully I would be, but you never know. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. and we agree with that. We have that same sentiment because sometimes I think you do forget, like, you know, even, even Gretchen with her business as an influencer yesterday, what came in the mail was um, a gift that a fan had cross stitched a picture of Gretchen with Skylar holding hands from our Easter picture, from, from an Easter Instagram. picture she had posted on social. And the message was just the fact that I'm going through all these tough times, you know, understand how the fun and antics you guys are doing on social kind of got me through all this stuff. And I'm so appreciative that I'm literally taking the time to sit down and create this art for you mm-hmm. because you've helped change my life. Yeah. You don't realize the impact you're actually making. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. It's kind of neat. Yeah, it is yeah, powerful. It is. It's cool to say that. Kristen, I'm so excited for you. You just wrote a book. Congratulations. Thank you. It's my hands down my biggest accomplishment. I mean, James May, my clothing line is my baby. I, I'm obsessed with it, but the book was far more vulnerable, far more rewarding um, than even doing Vanderpump Rules, hands down. Wow. Wow. So, so tell us a little bit about the book. I know that I um, like the title. I know. I love the title. He's making you crazy. He's making you crazy. Gretchen has said that to me more than once (laughs) all the time. Um, and your, your, um, your co-author is this correct? Is the author Michelle Alexander who, um, wrote how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yes. The book. Yeah. That's, that's incredible because Gretchen has been trying to lose me for 11 years. (laughs) So I think she really wants to hear about the details of this book. So, but how did you even like, tell us how you even connected with her? How did that, how did this whole thing come about? So I I actually have known Michelle for many years, um, not professionally, but just as friends. I, Tom Schwartz introduced me to her and that was through like another mutual friend. It's just, you know, LA it's a small world and, and they both went to Florida States. We all used to kind of like watch football together and hang out. And, um, when it came to the actual writing the book, I had an idea similar to this with a lot of my stories, but it wasn't structured quite the same way. I really didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I had a voice that I wanted to be heard. Um, and to tell my side of things, not just on Vanderpump rules, but before and after that, because the frustrating part of reality television, as we know, is that you become very one-dimensional. Yes. It's, you know, these, these producers, they, they have a job to do a story to tell and that you don't get to see every side of every story. And that can be like very infuriating, especially when it comes to my dating life. And I just yeah. knew that I had all these stories to expel from my like first kiss all the way to like where I'm at now. And because Michelle is such an amazingly like comedic writer, she's such a wonderful storyteller and we were such good friends. And she's essentially, when I started telling her all these different dating stories, she was like, I've been there, I've done it happened to me too, happened to my best friend. And we realized that these weren't just my story. I think these were like everyone's stories. These were everyone's yeah. stories and they're very universal. And that's why right. we wrote the book from the perspective, although they are my personal stories. Um, and like I said, very vulnerable, very honest. Um, some of them are a little heavy. A lot of them are much lighter and very tongue in cheek, but we thought it was really important to rather than use names, not to protect anyone, but it was just to keep it as universal as possible. And kind of just let all these women know, like, yeah, like, you know what, if that guy cheated on you or he treated you poorly, 
blah, blah, blah. Like we've all been through it and there is light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. Wow. Wow. I mean, it sounds like you become very vulnerable in this book and you talk about things that I don't think even we didn't know. I don't, I don't know if you've ever even really talked about it openly. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. There's a couple of factors that I've never spoken about publicly before. And, um, yeah, but we felt it was really important to not skate by anything. If we were going to talk about one cheating experience, it was important to talk about the other moments throughout my dating history that kind of you know, made me feel crazy, insecure, um, not good enough. I didn't have enough self-worth because of the effect that I allowed these men, these men to have on me. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a really interesting part about you. Cause like you said, you know, a reality show really only shows one dimensional side of you or one dimension of you. And, and they also have a very specific narrative that they're going to create to create TV. You know, I mean, it is a reality show and it's not scripted and all of those things, but at the end of the day, the producers do have a whiteboard and they have a very distinct, you know, storyline that they're going to follow or a character that they have, you know, put pigeonholed you into. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes it's hard for people to see that there's other sides of you. And, you know, just from outside, you know, I, I don't watch the show religiously, but obviously I, I'm, I'm clued into what's going on. And the show definitely shows you as this like boy, crazy girl, you know, constantly just sleeping around and doing all this stuff. I mean, if we're being honest, that's yeah, a lot oh, of what sure. it shows. Yeah. I think the reason that I say that is that, you know, everyone has a backstory. And what I found interesting is there's a chapter in your book that's called non-consensual. And you talk about being a sexual assault survivor. And I never knew that. And I think uh, my curiosity is, is, um, why was that important for you to talk about? And how do you think, um, that that experience changed you and, and also led into, you know, all these other things that have happened in your life? So that chapter was not something that was ever true, like truthfully, like in, in the back of my mind to even write about when we wrote this book. Mm -hmm. And it came with um, kind of more toward the end of the writing process. And Michelle and I were sitting down and she, she was just thinking like, okay, you've told me all these stories, but she started thinking of big universal truths that she knows for a fact, whether she's been through it or someone she knows has been through it. And mm-hmm. she point blank asked me if I had ever experienced sexual assault. And it really caught me off guard, but I mean, no one knows me better than Michelle, especially at this point. And I just blurted yeah. out, yes. And I'm like, but why? She was like, but I think yeah. we need to write about it. Cause we, we have, we, at the time when we were writing, we did, there were other things she had gone through that I did not have a personal experience with. Therefore I didn't write about it because these have to be my stories. And, and I, I struggled with the sexual assault chapter because because the book is so kind of, for the most part, a lighter hearted and funny and kind of make, I make fun of myself as much as I make fun of the guys who have wronged me. But we were like, we wouldn't be, if we're being very, very honest with the reader, we have to be honest about everything. And so I don't, as you know, like I don't get into my personal story in detail by any means, but I really thought it was important to let the reader know, like I have been through it and you know, as when you read the chapter, like at the time I wasn't brave enough to step forward. I did make a lot of excuses. I tried to rhyme and reason. Why did I put myself in that position? Or was I too drunk? Or like, how could it be my fault? Am I going to ruin his life? Are people going to believe me? Like all these thoughts racing through my head. Mm -hmm. 
And I really tried to shut it down for so long that I finally had to come to terms with it, that like this did happen to me and I need to not let it affect every relationship moving forward. The lack of And do you, do you feel like that really did affect all of your other relationships moving forward? Um, I think it definitely, yeah, I think that between that and obviously there's a chapter also about abuse that I think that they definitely had, you know, they were part of what molded me as a woman until I was ready to really take, to, to grab onto that and say, okay, I need to deal with the fact that this happened and what sort of effect does it have on like my psyche or like my emotions and the way that I trust men. And so, right. you know, and that didn't come till much later in adulthood when I decided to like go to therapy and like try, you know, really teaching myself about like my self-worth. Right. That's super powerful. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think an experience like that cannot affect you. Number one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's incredibly brave of you to come out and, you know, even address it because mm-hmm. sadly, I feel like there's probably a lot of women out there who've had similar experiences and are unable to discuss or willing to admit. So right. you kind of empower people when you're willing to bring these conversations up yeah. and the importance of that self-reflection. How, how has that event really affected the way that, you know, I am in my dating life, right? That's, that's a big deal. So that's, that's very cool that you were, you were able and willing to do that. Yeah, because I knew, you know, when I came to a realization of like self-love and self-worth, I'm like, I want, I'm not jaded. I'm hopeful. I want a healthy relationship. Like I am, I I don't know if I'll get married. I don't know if I'll have children. I'm hopeful for those things, but I know that I need to deal with all of this stuff and really know my self-worth and not allow those things to be dragged into, you know, my next relationship with a man who it could be wonderful and trustworthy and honest and great and not kind of blame him for the things that had happened to me in the past. Right. Yeah. So now your book is very juicy. <laughs> sure. Your is. life is very juicy. <laughs> I, I think we get a little bit of your juiciness on Vanderpump Rules. Uh-huh. So explain a little bit about how, you know, the book itself will go kind of beyond uh, the, the Kristen that I think we know from television and, 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 Let's get into the juiciness, Kristen. That's really what I'm trying to get to. (laughs) Everything on Vanderpump Rules, it's in the book. Like there there are no names. Everyone's going to figure it out. So I don't, I never had really like um, guilt on writing about that stuff. Of course, I was nervous. Like, you know, the Tom and the Jackson, whoever that was on the show. And these stories are pretty public. But I'm like, you know what? There's also my side to those things and the way that I felt about those things. And I don't just mean, you know, dragging these guys through the mud because I, in the same turn also, you know, say, yeah, I acted pretty fucking crazy. Like I definitely did. Um, But But that's great that you can admit that. (laughs) Absolutely. I did some crazy stuff that like built up over, you know, from high school, from middle school, the first guy that ever cheated on me, the one that you know, said we went to second base when all we did was kiss. And then I was then a slut or I was a prude and just the, mm-hmm. how confusing and, and crazy these, what these things can do to your brain when you're newly dating and yeah. you're young. Yeah. And then when you want to, you know, moving forward, getting into somewhat adult relationships and how has that affected you since then? But of course, yeah, I mean, I go into the juicy details of how I have caught cheaters, um, definitely all the guys on the show. But I think the coolest part for the reader now is we wrote so much of this book post season eight of Vanderpump Rules. So even mm-hmm. after what is wrapped this season, like what happened over the fall when I finally at 30, I was 36 at the time, like being single and having friends with benefits and, and be actually dating as like a grown ass adult, which was like mm-hmm. 
so weird and, and strange and terrifying. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It sounds like through a lot of the book, you talk about, you know, the double standard for women, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's so many differences between men and women and how they're judged. Um, yes. And, and it, and it's frustrating because literally like for a guy, everyone's like high fiving them, you know, and they're like, yeah, you're stud or you're a player. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you get, that you guy's get all- the plumber. He's laying pipe all over town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's so funny and and it's something that's so frustrating to me too. Like, you know, guys can go out and can literally bang anybody and everybody and they're a stud, but the second that a woman does it, they're a slut and, right. and they're promiscuous and they're like all these things. So how has that double standard played out in your life? I mean, I think we've seen it on the show, but how frustrating is that for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we definitely have seen it on the show. And again, I'm not like celebrating, you know, my behavior of hacking my boyfriend's phone. I'm not recommending (laughs) that this is the way to live your life, ladies, by any means. I think you need to be with a man who is trustworthy where you never want to look at his phone. Like that's the point. Yeah, But being younger and, and going through all that stuff, absolutely there was. Like he could cheat and it made sense because I acted crazy, right? So like, why wouldn't he cheat? But then if I cheated, which we all know that I did. It's in the book. It was on national television. I hooked up with my best friend's ex-boyfriend who was my boyfriend's best friend. It was like the worst possible. Wait, 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 wait. Say it again. Say it again. Yeah, say it again. Tell me again. Correction. <laughs> you like, hooked wait, up. Wait, tell slower. me again. Say, say it slow. Okay, go. Yeah. So I hooked up with my best friend's ex-boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. who was ex-boyfriend. also Which my is Stassi and Jax. Best friend. Exactly. Who's also well, okay? So because it was Jax, mm-hmm. okay. So you're and, and Tom and Jax were best friends, right. but then right, her best friend. I remember the ultimate, ultimate relationship crime. And right, right about that part in the book, it was that was probably maybe the hardest chapter to write because I suppressed that mm. specific thing for so many years and didn't really feel that I had a leg to stand on, and no one really needed to hear of my why. Cause I don't know if mm-hmm. there really, at the time I didn't know if there really was a why I was just like, Oh, I messed mm-hmm. up, but I had to dig deep and I wrote the book and, you know, I'm not excusing the behavior of, of, you know, cheating on someone that you're with or having an affair of, by any means, but also I had to really dig deep to like, why did I do it? Well, I was in mm. and I had no self-worth and my boyfriend wasn't even paying attention to me. And I was looking for attention anywhere that it, that it would come. Yeah. And yeah. I think that it was just I, important to tell that story because then guys are like, well, she's a crazy bitch. So I slept with her friend. Like who cares? Big deal. It's right. her fault. And right. it's a double standard. Well, I feel like she took, I feel like you took more heat than Jax did. For the oh, incident. absolutely. I did. Yeah. But totally double Jax, standard on people, that. people have what I like to call empathy. They're like, oh, he's a yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> Yeah. Or, oh, it's just Jax. Like, yeah. oh, you know, that's just typical Jax. Like we expect that from Jax, but like, God forbid, you know, that, that the woman do it or Kristen do it. But you know what, what I, I, I can imagine how therapeutic this book has been for you, right? right? Like sitting there talking through all this and working through all of it. And, you know, and I love the fact that you say you're not making excuses, but I think a lot of growing as a person is, is really truly evaluating and sitting back in those moments and, and looking at it and taking a deep, hard dive into it and going, you know, why did I do that? Or why, why did I think that that was okay? Or, you know, because I also think that that's imperative to do in order for you to 
to grow and learn and then not make that same mistake moving forward. Because if you just sat there and were like, well, whatever, and everyone just thinks I'm, I'm, you know, an asshole for doing it. And then you never really examine why you can't ever fix that behavior. That behavior is going to keep showing up over and over and over again. And I think that's such a great lesson for everyone out there. And for people that are reading your book of like, look, you know, it's okay to mess up, but to take the lesson from that is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what's a, it's that's why we're so excited too because you've got the gumballs to talk about those things that are <laughs> that are a bit too taboo and that's why you're on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> which which leads I'm sure you to your next question. Come on. Are you seeing the thing in there that says threesome in yeah. big bold letters right there? Yeah. Oh, you uh, you mentioned this. <laughs> you admit to the threesome in your book. A few. You got to spill the tea. <laughs> yeah. A f- oh, there's a few. Oh, there's a <sighs> few of them. Wait, I thought we just knew one. You got to spill the tea on Oh, this. let's peel back the onion. <laughs> because I'm also seeing that you kissed a girl and I think you liked it. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like we yes. should play the Katy Perry yes. song right now. Yeah. When, when we were writing, because that was really, I mean, it, it, over the course of years, I've, you know, dipped my toe in the lady pond a time or two. But when I became single again, like at 36 and really like took a minute after Carter to just be like, okay, just be with yourself for a minute. Like, what do you want? And I, then I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm hetero flexible. Maybe I, I I realized, (laughs) yeah, I realized all of a sudden that I also was like, I had like stranger danger. Like I was very nervous about, um, meeting someone I didn't know or like hooking up with someone I didn't know or going on a date, like uh, getting back on. I don't know, like the Bumble or the Raya or the whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to meet a stranger. Like I don't like, and yeah. then I go back to the the Vanderpump rules, you know, head of like, well, is he going to date me because I'm on the show or is he going to stay yeah. far away from me because I'm on the show? So mm-hmm. how do I, how do I date again? You know, but yeah, the threesome. Yeah. I mean, I think sexual experimentation is safe. If it's safe is like so healthy. And you start Wait, sexual yourself. what? What did experimentation, you experimentation? Oh, Gretchen. experimentation. Okay. You know, like our last guest who actually said that she really enjoyed the first time she had analingus from her uh, boyfriend. <laughs> yes. You know, exactly. all, all of those things are so important to discuss and you know exactly. try out, apparently. Um yeah. so okay, so wait, so the threesome. So how many threesomes have you actually had? You said how many? Um, I mean, I wouldn't call them successful, but I've had three <laughs> um attempts. Uh, okay, wait, what is technically a successful threesome? I've never heard this. This is hilarious. I, I Actually, I'm so intrigued by just what a freaking attempt is. I haven't <laughs> had one, but I would assume if all three of you are hooking up together, that would be a successful threesome where none of mine have ever uh, come to completion by any means. <laughs> well, I'm so confused. Uh, then. then what wait makes a it a threesome? Hold on so, a second like, now. Hold on. The definition is you could be in the room, uh-huh. but it doesn't mean that you successfully managed to reach that climactic experience. Right. So I I need to see, I have a chapter called three is a crowd where essentially I decided that I wanted to have a threesome with my boyfriend and a girl that I was convinced he was cheating on me with. And that way I would be able to figure out if they had sexual chemistry or not, because they were telling me nothing was going on. But I'm like in my brain at back in the day at age 22, like, no, if I see them together, I will know in my heart of hearts. And, you know, so there's a chapter about that. And, and, um, so I, did you know, did you find out? Did, yeah, you, did, did, they, did, did they, did they, did they, we've got to know. We, I'm so curious. Um, in fact, she was into me, not uh-huh. him. So, oh, so the sexual my, chemistry, that was my or like first the sexual girl experience. <laughs> 
Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to dissect this for a second. Okay. <laughs> so like you set them up in a room and you're like, okay, let's have this like get together. And then, and then she all of a sudden is like into you. Like, how did that happen? How, what was the transition there? Yeah, like, so how did you recognize that? I got so beyond blacked out drunk um, to have the courage to even be able to make this happen. And it was his birthday. He was um, a loser, DJ, artist, whatever you want to call him at that time. (laughs) We were living in Ocean City, Maryland. And I was just so convinced that they had something going on. And we had all worked together at one time at this like restaurant nightclub place. And on his birthday, I was like, you know, we're all going to be together. I'm just going to get completely hammered. And I'm going to try to make this threesome happen. Um, oh my God, so I she, and I, I quickly realized back at her place that, um, it was not him that she was into, but it was me. And so, so what happened? Did she like make a pass on you? Yeah. Oh, we, essentially. Yeah. We like basically started hooking up and then I panicked and I was like, I'm so drunk. I need to go home. Whoops. Like I read this all wrong. Abort mission. I, it, yes. I, uh, but did your boyfriend abort the mission? Um, was he just watching? He did. And then he left me for her. <gasps> wait, no, what? Stop it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Yeah. And then she was, and then she was with him. Yeah. So in the moment of the, of the threesome that I was trying to make happen, I realized like she suddenly wanted to hook up with me and she really liked me and she was coming on to me. And in my brain, in the moment, I'm like, oh my God, it wasn't even him. She's been trying to hang out with me. I've never had a girl on girl experience before. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. What was I thinking? Like, this is stupid. So we left and then cut to not that same day, but another day. Um, Yeah, that's how the chapter figuratively ended. There is no doty. People have to read this book. So wait, so wait, so then, okay. So then he, so then he left you for her. Yeah. And were, and were you really good friends with her? Um, I mean, by that time, because I, I essentially, I mean, this is all in the book, so I'm sort of giving this chapter away, but in the end, at the end of it all, like basically we lived in Ocean City, Maryland. This is a very like touristy town. It's like dead as hell when the summer comes to an end. Right. So everyone at that point is like going back to wherever they live or, you know, that specific little town is like dying down. So we had this big like night out and they left together and I was just like, yeah, cool. No worries. We're all friends. I already cleared this up, yada, yada. And that night, much, much later, like probably three, four o'clock in the morning, I like get back to our condo and there's a note in the screen door (laughs) that (gasps) he broke up with me. And I, I like, it was such a long letter, but I specifically remember the very end of it was just like, you know what? Like you were right. She's great. You and I had a good run. Seriously. I'll never forget the line. We had a good run. We had, had a good run. run. Yeah. Suitcase. Oh packed, my empty God. Condo, like, yeah. Okay. So I have. That's a, like breaking up with the note stick. Right. Yeah. So I have, so I have a deep question for you then. Based off of that experience, do you feel like the situation with Jax was in a weird way, kind of getting back at like, like a best friend situation, like, cause it sounds like almost similar situation. I mean, not really, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's almost like it was replayed later in your life. Right. And it was like a way to be like, 
like almost make you feel better about like what had happened to you. Do you think that that has any like validity so you, to it? That's like super deep I'm because you feel, you feel it. a bit rejected by the boyfriend because he then went for the girlfriend. For the, for the good so friend. So their friend, therefore you had your boyfriend's girlfriend go for you. Yeah. Which gave you the same satisfaction. Yeah. Like what do you, do you think there's any connectivity you know, there? So I need therapy Gretchen, after your question. Like, are you a therapist, Gretchen? Okay. I'm going to read well, literally one of the She has last, a degree in psychology. I do have a degree in psychology. One of the last <laughs> lines of the Jack's chapter, uh-huh. the last paragraph, I say, people always ask me if I did this all on purpose subconsciously to give me and my boyfriend a real reason to finally break up. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. For me, yeah. when I dissect it, I think that I was not strong enough to just leave him. I wanted him to break up with me, but I didn't really want him to break up with me because we were essentially at that point glorified roommates. It felt right. easier to stay in an unhealthy relationship because it's what we knew than to take that scary plunge to actually break up after almost six years. So mm-hmm. it was like, I just did, it was a one fifth of my adulthood being with Tom Sandoval. But I yeah. really think what it was is just Tom and I weren't great. We had, we weren't sleeping together. We weren't making out. We weren't we weren't affectionate at all. And I had such low self-esteem and like no self-worth. I would have taken attention from anyone, from anybody. any way yeah. that they were going to give it to me. And it right. was super unfortunate that it was who it was, but it was like, I felt right. comfortable with him. He was my friend. I still don't remember it fully happening. I know that it did. It was consensual. We were both hammered. I think I've now tried to erase it from my mind. <laughs> um, yeah. The actual act of it happening. But the fact is it happened twice. So yeah, there's yeah. that too. So I really think it was just my low, like no self-love, no self-worth, low self-esteem, just looking for anyone to make me feel better about me because I didn't feel better about me. Well, and everybody wants to feel wanted. Right. I mean, that's a natural, yeah. natural human Work. desire, right? Yeah. But I think, I think that what's great about you opening up about this is it really, again, it's, there's so many people out there that have felt exactly the way that you feel. And sadly, you know, a human need is to feel wanted and loved. And sometimes you are going to try and find that anywhere and everywhere and, and to the detriment of your own self or of your friends or, you know, like, and, and it's not like you're trying to like hurt people. It's just that sadly as humans, sometimes that need becomes so overwhelming and you, you want to, you know, you just really want to feel needed and loved, especially if you're not getting it right. at home. And back, so especially back I, then, self-sabotage was something I was really good at. Um, as well. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I, I wouldn't say I didn't know, but I wasn't willing at the time to be adult enough to like reach out and, and ask for help to go see a therapist, to try to dissect this. Instead, I was, I had lots of unhealthy ways of coping, whether it was, you know, sleeping with my boyfriend's best friend or drinking too much or partying too mm-hmm. much or, you know, anything to sort of numb the pain rather than say, okay, well, I want something, I want a healthy relationship later on. So what work do I need to do on myself in order to receive that same love I'm hoping for? Right. Do you think a lot of that stemmed after the sexual assault? Um, I, it definitely had something to do with it. I think between the assault, I think between that, the abuse, I, I think all of these little stories, even the first boyfriend in high school that cheated on me, was like, I don't know if I realized it at the time when I'm 17 years old that that really had an impact on me. But I think that it did as I was writing this book or like the first, my, I think for me, the, the craziest cheating story or the one that 
maybe affected me the most was like my first quote unquote long-term relationship when I was like, it was like a two-year relationship. And I thought, oh, we're getting married for sure. And we're, you know, this is the one. And my first, it was the first guy that I felt very serious with. And then he cheated on me and it just felt like this is who men are. Mm. Like I started painting this picture of like, this is who men are, you know? Yeah. Um, but I yeah. know that to not be true now. And that's something else I want women to take out of this is like, I'm not saying men are assholes. There are wonderful, wonderful men out there, but I'm just saying you've probably dated a lot of really shitty ones. So like, don't, don't be yes. hopeless. Like don't be jaded, but just love yourself enough to know that if you start seeing these warning signs to just walk away. He's not the last man yeah. on earth. Trust me. Yeah. Did you, Gretchen, did you feel like, cause you've experienced this. Well, I had to kiss a lot of frogs to get to my prince, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah. But by the time you got here, you couldn't see what you were doing. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I know you experienced being cheated on. Before, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, I've experienced it. I've yeah. experienced it, but I mean, I think you like Kristen, I mean, I think you had extensive experience. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, well, I don't, again, I gotta be careful cause I don't want to throw people under the bus, but you yeah, no, I definitely like had I some do. bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was, you know, it was a very important relationship in my life and, and it really devastated me. And like it, but it formed a perception though, about uh, the reason I brought it up is because it really does form a perception about future relationships. mm -hmm. Cause you start to believe for sure. Like, like I remember, um, you know, people always ask us about the fact that, you know, are you married or you're not married? And Gretchen had a, a belief at one point that every time she got into a committed relationship, that something bad mm-hmm. would happen. Mm-hmm. So she was really afraid of that commitment. Mm-hmm. If I'm just dating you and it's casual and we're just hanging out, Absolutely. things are fine. But the minute I commit to that serious relationship, then something really bad goes yeah. down. So we really shouldn't become that official or that close because it'll screw right. it all up. Mm-hmm. But that was your perception for a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It definitely it definitely, I mean, it is, it's interesting. I mean, listen, we all know that, but it definitely changes, you know, your past definitely changes like how you move forward and how you deal with things. And and I think it's wonderful that you're able to speak about the fact that you actually seeked help and you went and, you know, really tried to learn about what was happening to you and how to fix it. And so I guess that's, um, you know, my next question is, is what have you learned about relationships? Like the place that you're in now, um, like what have what have you learned about relationships? Yeah, what what tools have you have you taken from your experiences to help you attract this new yeah. relationship? Well, let me tell you, life? I thought that I had it all figured out until quarantine. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's you and the rest of the world. Yeah. It, it is. That's I will true. say, like very, um, very honestly, very vulnerably, like as of late. I mean, things are great with the guy that I'm seeing, but we have been quarantined together, and. There have, luckily for me, he is just, he loves to communicate to death. Like he will not accept me just putting in my headphones and saying, no, I don't feel like talking about it. Nope. You're annoying me or whatever it is. He's like, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about it. And you're not just going to like. I have one of those. (laughs) I totally am. I'm with one of those. I want to marinate. Break it off with him because one little thing goes wrong. And I'm like, that's not perfect anymore. God damn it. I was wrong. And it was something dating yeah. Alex, obviously we're, his name's out there now. Um, I've been very cautious about him because fortunately we're not filming right now. And I really wanted to take my time experiencing dating with him and not just being like, Oh, we've been 
you know, seeing each other for a couple of weeks, let's move in together. And now we're going to have babies and get married because we're of that age. And here we are. Like I wanted to take my time yeah. and, and get to know all of his past stuff. And I wanted to tell him everything about mine. There were, there were going to be no surprises down the road, you know? Mm-hmm. And right. I feel like luckily for me, he is so willing to listen and be communicative about all of that stuff. But again, like, especially during quarantine, like I've kind of been a fucking brat at certain points. I've been like a bitch. And I also have to deal with the fact that Alex is like much more emotional than most of the guys that I've dated. And when he's feeling hurt or nervous or whatever it is, like he wants attention, he wants affection where I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's what you're supposed to give to me. Like, what do you, like our love languages are so different. So I'm learning about all of those things too. And like, he had a very verbally abusive ex-girlfriend. So it's easy for him to take even like an attitude for me that like, maybe I'm going to start screaming at him or making him feel bad about himself, which of course I don't, but it's in the same sense. Like if he gets annoyed with me, my brain is like, I'm able, luckily I'm able to notice it, but my brain immediately is like, is he going to hit me? Is he going to call me names? Is he going to make me feel bad about myself? Like, and so I think it's, that's, that's why it's so healthy for me to write this, to talk about this stuff so openly, because I think we all go through it. Look how you have matured. I know, I love it. And just such a lovely lady in your relationships. Well, wow. I mean, I know it's so true because I mean, as the, as the world knows, you had a very public breakup. Yeah. Um, with with Carter, and were you guys together for four years? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, four years. And then you guys broke up in the fall of 2019. Is that right? So we broke up. Technically, we broke up February of last year, and then. I bought my house in April. We were still living together in the same apartment. And then I was just like, I don't know, I guess we just lived together. But like, then when I move into the house, you, then we don't live together anymore. It was very weird. And, um, I definitely dragged out. But then when we started filming, obviously the girls, Katie Stassi and I, with that friendship breakup, I really started like leaning on Carter again and Mm -hmm. then thinking, well, he's been so wonderful. Like maybe I was wrong about he and I, because I think the hardest part for my breakup with Carter and I is like, there wasn't one thing that happened. Yeah. Like he didn't cheat on me. He Mm -hmm. didn't hit me. He didn't do this. Like there wasn't one specific thing that I could point to and say, oh, you cheated on me with that girl. Get out. Right. It was more just like, we just fought. We just argued a lot. We were just, we just couldn't make it work. And it was so frustrating for me because there wasn't that one thing to point to yeah. that I thought we could get past it. Yeah. But relationships and crazy are a two person job. So <laughs> I couldn't be, you know, taking his crazy and giving, 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 or vice versa, to be honest, at certain points. Yeah. So yeah. that was, I think the hardest part about that breakup is, you know, we lived together almost our entire relationship. We got dogs together, mm. you know, two or three months in. And I really... Also was kind of, I think toward the end of it, I was like, but if we're not really talking marriage kids seriously or like whatever that looks like, I don't know if I actually want like signed on paper marriage anymore, but like whatever that future looks like, we hadn't really discussed it anymore. Yeah. So it was kind of like, where are we, where are we, what are we doing? Like we're kind of running circles. Yeah. And especially after four years together, I mean, there there comes a, a point where you're like, okay, what is... What, where is this going? Especially as you get older. And if you're, I mean, right. if, we're not if you're kids cons- anymore, we're not, we're not 25 yeah. years old. 
Yeah. Right. And if you're, if you want to start thinking about starting a family and all those things, I mean, at some point you got to say, okay, what, what's the deal here? You know, what's, what's right. the next and chapter for security. us? And it wasn't about, I hate talking about money, even though we did fight about money. It wasn't that he wasn't wealthy. It was just, I didn't have any sort of security that I knew we were both putting in the same amount of effort financially, essentially, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just as adult, I felt like I'm always, I remember being a check chaser. I remember needing help, like all of those things. We all need help in some way. But when I started feeling like I was doing nothing but giving, yeah, I didn't have anything left for myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know that feeling all too well. That was kind of, yeah. kind of the demise of my marriage was, you know, I was, I was just the breadwinner and like 24 seven all the time. And he would literally like go, okay, I'm going to go golfing. And, you know, I get the American express bill. It was $13,000 every month. And it was like Starbucks and golfing and like video games. And I was like, okay, something's Ugh. wrong here, you know, <laughs> like, and that can cause, you know, a lot of issues. So, and then he started, yeah. you know, doing other things outside the marriage. I was like, okay, this is not working out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I feel like the narrative of Vanderpump rules uh, you know, with regard to you dating other guys after your breakup, you start dating all these, other, all of a sudden you're, you're boy crazy. You know, we talked to Sheena recently. She was boy crazy. Is it just a thing that all the ladies that are on Vanderpump rules are boy crazy and they're not really talking about the guys I mean, dating I, other women? Is it cause you guys, it's cause you guys right, are so I mean, popular. The guys can do whatever they they want. talk about that. Cause everyone wants to date you. That's why. <laughs> And yeah, I feel like the guys can do whatever they want. And when Sheena and I are like mm -hmm. hooking up with people, then, you know, yeah, we're boy crazy or we're being slutty yeah. or we're acting too young. Yeah. I mean, I say no matter what age you are, like if you're single, do your thing. Yeah. But what about that double standard? Right. I mean, it seems like there is a, a double oh, standard yeah. that's happening and you, all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it goes right. I think again, it goes back to like that empathy thing. It's like, they don't have sympathy for women, but the men you're like, Oh, he's single. Let him do what he wants. Who cares? You know, yep. another notch on the bedpost, yeah. his little black book. Like, why can't we have little black books? Yeah. And I'd have like five. I just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Gretchen has like five black books. <laughs> and there's so many notches on her bed that we have to like sleep in separate beds. Oh, stop it. You're such a duel. No. Um, so, okay. So I want to ask a little bit about the fracturing of the relationship with uh, the witches of WeHo. Do I say that right? WeHo? Mm -hmm. WeHo? The Witches of, yeah. that's West Hollywood, honey. The Witches of Wait, WeHo. Wait, isn't that also the name of your guys' um, wine? Am I wrong on that? Yeah. It is, right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how are you and Stassi and Katie? Like, are you guys still at odds? Like, what's going on there? Every, what you're seeing on TV is where it's at. I mean, I'm, other than Stassi and Katie did um, Stassi's podcast uh, in the last week or two that I heard about where they finally decided to say why they weren't my friend. So they want to know why I've been sitting here for uh, almost a year wondering why, like I say every time I do a podcast or an interview or anything, I'm like, I am watching with everyone else to find out that reason. Cause at first it was about Carter and then I had nothing to do with Carter. And then it's like, uh, so what is it? Yeah. So for me, it was, in the beginning, they were just saying, well, like my relationship was so toxic. It was very taxing on them. And once I could, once Carter and I were done and I could like take a moment to like sit back and look at it, I was like, okay, I can be a little bit understanding. Uh -huh. They had a lot of these big life moments, buying houses and getting engaged, all these things. And 
it can be draining to have someone that's not doing well in the love department mm-hmm. as your friend mm-hmm. being sad all the time when you're happy all the time. Right. But it's not enough of a reason to break up a tenure friendship. Right. And that's how I feel about it. And um, I think it's sad. I don't, I, I miss, there, there are things I miss about it. I miss that they weren't at all a part of me writing this book, that they, they weren't there for that. I miss it. They weren't really a part of me living in my first home for the first time. And I miss that they haven't been a part of me dating Alex. I miss that they, that they're not a part of these big moments for me, but other than being kind of an asshole who went through a hard breakup, I don't think I did anything wrong. So, so so meaning, so they, they said on the podcast that ultimately the reason that they chose to step back from you is because they felt that the relationship with Carter was toxic and wearing on them. Is that what ultimately said on the, they said that in the beginning, but on the podcast, they said that season going into season seven, they said that I asked them, how do I be honest and authentic about my relationship with Carter, the demise of it? This is last season, um, because it's a very hard thing to talk about. And they said they would help me with that. And then when we filmed, they said that I would then like do a 180 and defend Carter and blame them. So I essentially, they're mad at me because they think I made them look like assholes mm. by defending Carter and not being truthful about that. So from so your I point of view, what is, what's your point of view on that? I think that's a giant crock of shit because there's enough flashbacks and enough footage to show that I kind of complained about Carter a lot. Well, I was going to say so immediately. I was very honest. I want to defend you immediately, not even really knowing the whole story. Because I know yeah. Stassi. Stassi can be tough. Mm-hmm. We've known Stassi just as long. And so she can be kind of a tough cookie and is incredibly opinionated. And it's kind of Stassi's way or the highway, right? Um, that's right. great. That's her persona. But at the same yes. time, she's also smart enough to know, you're smart enough to know that there's a narrative that's being played out through your, through your production company. And they're mm-hmm. not showing the befores and the afters. You know, we talk right. about this statistic all the time. You know, housewives like Vanderpump Rules is an ensemble cast. So right. each person gets... And our cast was eight minutes a week with your cast. There's a lot of freaking people. Yeah. <laughs> so like people are passing judgment based upon only a few minutes in time that are being allowed to, to be showed. Right. And I know those girls are smart enough that if they see some tidbit or something that's aired, there's a lot more to the story. Come on. And it's like right. you said, there's flashbacks showing the fact that you were complaining about him as well. Right. You know, I mean, I mean was come I, on. Was that, there's something else going on. Like season seven, was I protective over him? Of course I was, because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, like I still loved him. I was still in love with him. We were fighting a lot, but I didn't, I wasn't ready for it to be over. And I was sort of riding that wave of where they were like, you're strong enough for this, Kristen. You have to break up with him, leave him, leave him. And I'm like, I think that that's the right choice, but I don't know if I'm there yet. And all I wanted was support. Yeah. Just say yeah. whatever. This is messy. It is kind of annoying. It is frustrating. Maybe they needed like, you know, a few days break from hearing about it. I understand all of that. But to just say that I am a big liar, like I, I mean, Carter got dragged through the mud and Carter's not a full-time cast member by any means. Yeah. Well, that, that happens. All, all the guys are, are alienated that way. They all, right. they all kind I mean, of get I, brutalized, whoever ends up on the show. But did, <laughs> but didn't, didn't Stassi go through some of this herself? Cause I remember when she found her, her boyfriend, she would move to New York and like, he's the guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're on and off again. And it's like this whole drama. We all and got to hear about all, that. And we've all been through it. And there you even Brittany and Jack's way before they got married, like they had a lot of hardships too, but like, why, why, I guess my whole thing was why did my venting have an expiration date? 
Yeah. Why, does, why yeah. does everyone else get to do it? But when it's me, it's like, we just can't be friends with you anymore. But I'm, and so now as sad as it is, and it's awful. And I, I don't know how I, I don't know what I want anymore because I don't want anyone who doesn't want me just like in a relationship, in a friendship, mm-hmm. I'm not going to beg to come to your Italian wedding and be your friend when you clearly have publicly said that you don't even like me. I have a lot right. of really awesome friendships with people that value me the way that I value them. Right. So if these friendships aren't meant to be like, it sucks and it's sad, but I again, know my self-worth. But see, that's awesome. But, that's great maturity. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. But like, how do you, like, first of all, you guys, do you guys still have, which is a WeHo? Like, is that still going on? Is that still business? It's there. Yeah. We're still selling, um, potion number two and, uh, Stassi has been very vocal about the fact that she is no longer a part of that partnership. Katie. Oh, okay. That's, still, yes, a, yeah. That's come out on the show this year. Um, and mm. Katie, uh, is still a partner with me, but I don't see it going for at least Katie and I, I don't see it moving past this one, but I, love knocking point and I, the, the winery that we work with the company and I love the brand and I'm proud of it. I'm proud. I don't care if it's just a collaboration. I think it's something we work really hard on and yeah. something that I still want to keep doing, even if they're not a part of it. <laughs> well, but the truth is business is business and you would hope they'd be mature enough to like, look, this is just business. This well, yeah, personal. but I think, I think sometimes that's, what's so hard. I mean, you know, getting involved with, this is why so many people say don't do business with friends because mm-hmm. things like this can happen. And it's like, it sounds like a great idea when you guys are on good terms. And especially when you guys are filming a reality show together, like literally, I, I know this from being on Housewives, like every season, you just never know what's going to happen. Like all of a sudden everyone hates you and you're like, what happened? You know, like, yeah. how did that happen? Or, you know, people are like secretly behind the scenes, like texting and being like, okay, this season, we're going to take Gretchen down or whatever, you know? Right. And so, um, it's, it's always up in the air. And so, you know, for me, that's why I always tried to keep my business separate from what was going on with the girls. Cause I knew it could change. So, you know, so drastically. And I, and I feel like your guys' relationships have all been, There's been ups, so and downs. ups and so many ups and downs, like yeah. one season, you're and best friends and no, the next and I think season. You're right, Gretchen. Cause I think that is specifically Stassi's mentality. Like she has built a brand for herself. I said a couple of really assholey things on the Vanderpump Rules after show at one time. I was really angry a couple of months ago. I publicly was like, what is she going to have a podcast when she's 40? What is she doing? And I said all these awful mean things because I'd watched the show, watched her like rip me apart. I don't mean yeah. that. I publicly apologized on Twitter. I think she has built a killer brand for herself. She has her book, her podcast. Like she has a brand and she's done exactly right. the perfectly right thing to do. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think Stassi is like you, someone who has made it clear she doesn't like working with friends. She really likes to do things on her own, but that should have been made clear before jumping into a collaboration with yeah. the three of I us mean, and then leaving us hanging to essentially like, <laughs> you know, get checks written for her. That's where like, yeah. I don't yeah, no, that makes and I sense. also think I treat all of my brands the same way, whether it's my clothing company, the book that I'm doing all by myself or a wine collaboration it's like, just be professional because I, I just treat them all the same. Yeah. yeah. So I just think she should have never got into the witches of we hope situation. Well, she wasn't, if she wasn't going to follow through with it. Right. Cause business right. is business. So is I mean, there like, is there a message? Like if you had an opportunity to give them both a message right now that you want them to know regarding your side of this, like, what would you want to say to them? Like, is there intent on wanting to maintain the relationship? If the fact that they choose to just move on, I you just like, want to let them move on. I, I think that it would be super 
I'll just speak for myself. Beneficial for me, um, essential for me to have, I think maybe even three very transparent conversations, two that are separate, one with me and Katie, one with me and Stassi. And then depending on how those conversations go, maybe the three of us sit down and have one as well. But I just think no matter which way we're going to go with the friendship, whether we decide this is the way it's going to stay for now, or we should maybe try to redevelop something again. I've said a million times, I don't want the same friendship that I had with them. I don't want to feel like that anymore. I have worked too hard to let anyone make me feel the way that I was feeling, the negative feelings back then, but I would like something new and different. I think that in the last year, we've all gone through some really huge, like adult life-changing thing, like buying houses and getting, getting engaged and Tom Katie getting married again and me going through the Carter breakup and now dating someone that isn't a health, you know, I'm in a healthy relationship with, I think that we can, we have the opportunity to do something like new and fresh and different, but I think that it just, we need to have transparent conversations, um, separately. Yeah. Where we listen, we hear each other out and not yell. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, there's less alcohol involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So real quick, tell us about just the current season of Vanderpump Rules. Like if you were to sum it up in a couple sentences, what would you say? And add in what the biggest misconception might be about you. It's okay. So Vanderpump Rules this season for me is very confusing. Um, <laughs> it's confusing as hell because there's essentially like say by the bell, the new cast. Yeah. Just like, came in and sat on her laps. So even as a viewer, I'm watching it at times and I feel like I'm watching two different shows. Right. So I don't love that part of it. I do understand that essentially this show is about Lisa Vanderpump and her restaurants. And although time has shifted that, that's essentially what this show is about. So I think for me personally, because I don't work there and I don't know all these young people very well, um, that's why it's weird for just me. But I don't know if everyone else feels that way. But um, yeah, so that's my view on. I love the OG cast scenes. I right. will watch those ride or die. But the new people, I'm literally, I'm like, I don't know what, I don't even speak your language. Well, <laughs> it's funny you say that because when Chino was on a couple of weeks ago, like she told us like a number of how many cast members, and I was like, wait, what? And then like I saw a picture, and I was like, who the hell are all these people? <laughs> like, she said the yeah. same thing, by the way. She said the same thing. I was did. just like, what? And like, I'm not sure why they like completely brought in all these new people. Like it was just weird to me. I I think if we get a season nine, if we get a season nine and we start filming season nine, I think some of them should stick around. And I think now we've had a whole year to really get to know them as real people and not like cast members thrown into our laps. Yeah, I just don't think they were integrated well and it was too many at one time. And I think that's why it's kind of slow to mesh the old with the new. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it gets better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with one misconception about you that drives you crazy. And who would you say that you really are? That's a psychological question, well, Christian. I know. Cause Gretchen. normally I would be like that I'm crazy, but like. But I like I you're crazy though. I like you're I crazy. That's what makes you I fun and interesting. The, I think it's the misconception of what crazy is truly. Mm-hmm. I think I'm crazy because I'm fun and I'm kind and I'm funny and I'm passionate and I talk with my hands and I talk really fast and I can be a little bit erratic, but it's cool. And I think we're all a little bit crazy, like in our own way. And I think the misconception of crazy Kristen, quote unquote, that has been put on this really awful pedestal Mm -hmm. for, you know, the last eight seasons, I don't think it has to be that way because I'm also like ride or die for my best friends. Yeah. 
I will go find your man. I will find the, if he's cheating on you, not only will I find, give you her address tomorrow, I'll know her social security number. So like, <laughs> I think that that's Wait, wonderful. are you a Scorpio? Are you a Scorpio? No, I'm Aquarius. Oh, I thought for sure. Cause that's very much a Scorpio yeah, trait. Gretchen, what you just Gretchen said. Has, has actually done that shit. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like the biggest so detective I, ever. She's like, oh, Chris is yeah. my girl. <laughs> Well, totally. look, for, for the record, we've known you for a long time and we, we believe yeah. you to always have been very crazy fun. Yeah, for sure. For Thank sure. Um, so, <laughs> so tell us where people can find you on social media. You can find me at Kristen Doty, D-O-U-T-E on all platforms. Um, and my clothing company, James May is James M-A-E dot C-O on Instagram and on the web. Awesome. And then, um, and then your new book, when is that coming out? And my book comes out June 2nd, 2020, available for pre-order on Amazon. Please pre-order it. That's so fun. And it's called He's Making You Crazy, you guys. It sounds really juicy. Sounds like a lot of fun stuff in it. So Kristen, we can't say thank you enough for joining us today on this podcast. It's so great to hear how much you have evolved as a person, all the things you've been through. Thanks for being so open and honest on Not Too Taboo. And we can't wait to chat with you soon. You know, we're going to keep watching you, lady. Thank, Thank you, so you honey. So good to okay, see you. Man. Nice when to see you. This over. I want to come see you and I want to come see the baby. Oh, I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Done and done. Sure. Okay, honey. All right. I'll talk, talk to you guys soon. Love you guys. I love, love you too. Always fun having one of the Vanderpump Rules cast members on, especially one of the OGs because we're friends with like so many of them. And even more than that, What's crazy is that like literally it's been 10 years. Like we have seen them grow so much. Like even when we went to the track and we saw Jax. Yeah. And like we talked with him. I'm like, this is not even the same guy. No, not the same dude at all. Yeah. It's yeah. so wild it's, to see how much they've we've, evolved. And we've watched them grow up. And what's weird is I like, I remember at the track when Jax told me he was 39 or something. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, no, you're like 24 in my head. Like, right. It's a trip. It's like, do you think they're the same age than when they first started on yeah, the show? And yeah. And it's weird to see like, that they really are like pushing 40 and like that. No wonder they're all wanting to buy houses and get married and have kids and like all this stuff. It's, yeah. it's funny. Well, it's really fun to see how far Kristen's come as well. Yeah. And, and, and this, this conversation with her makes me think about the question of the day. Yeah. And I want to encourage our listeners to think about a life event that, that has happened. And did you take the time to go back and really kind of self-analyze, think about that experience and then use the lesson learned in that life event to improve upon your life today? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that was such a great lesson that Kristen taught us about this book and just, you know, really evaluating all the things that she's been through and, and going to the hard places, you know, she had to really address like sexual assault in her life and how that truly affected her and all the things that have led her to make these certain decisions in her life. And the only way that she was going to be able to grow and flourish and get to that next stage and evolve was by addressing those things. So I think it's important that we all take a look at our own lives and do an evaluation of maybe something that we haven't addressed and how that's going to help us become a better person. Nice way to wrap it up, Gretchen. (laughs) All right, everybody listening to Not Too Taboo, please remember to like, subscribe, download, do your stuff, and uh, we will be back soon. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys later. 